0: This episode of Revision Path is brought to you by Facebook Design. We talk about inspiration a lot here on Revision Path, so I wanted to ask this week's guest, Jacqueline Lage, a product designer at Facebook, what inspires her?
1: This is going to be interesting, but something that inspires me is tension and conflict. Um, I think that when you're in a place where you have to strive to understand something that you don't or there's conflict, you push past what you know and and you get to a point where you you have a better understanding of like how you relate to other people and how you relate to the world and that's something that i'm always seeking to like push myself into places that are
0: uncomfortable for me learn more at facebook.com forward slash design are you looking for a job do you know someone who's looking for a job then check out our job board over at revisionpath.com forward slash jobs. Whether you want a full-time job or you're looking for something temporary or freelance, we've got you covered. This week, Little Bird Innovation is looking for a design associate for their Memphis office. We also have job listings from indeed.com, so head to the Revision Path job board at revisionpath.com forward slash jobs to apply and to search for any other listings. Don't forget to sign up for our weekly job alerts so when there are new positions added to the job board, you'll get an email so you can be the first to apply. And if you're looking for more jobs, then become a member of our Slack community and join the jobs channel. See you there. You're listening to the Revision Path Podcast, a weekly showcase of the world's black graphic designers, web designers, and web developers. Through in-depth interviews, you'll learn about their work, their goals, and what inspires them as creative individuals. Here's your host, Maurice Cherry. Welcome to the Revision Path Podcast. My name is Maurice Cherry, and before we get into this week's interview, let's talk about our sponsors, MailChimp and Hover. More than 10 million businesses around the world use MailChimp to send email newsletters. Northern email service provider is better when it comes to both functionality as well as customer service. Sign up for a free account today at MailChimp.com. When you have a great idea, you want to secure a great domain name for it and that's where Hover comes in. Hover makes it easy for you to find the domain name that you're looking for and get it up and running with no hassle and no heavy-handed upselling. So go ahead and grab yourself a domain today and use our promo code REVISIONPATH and you'll save 10% off your purchase. Speaking of saving money, today is the last day for our Black Friday Cyber Monday sale in our store. Again, our store is at revisionpath.com forward slash store and you can save 15% off everything, t-shirts, hoodies, tote bags, mugs, and get free shipping. All you have to do is use the promo code 2016OMG. That's 2016OMG. Now again, that sale ends today, November 28th. I think we're going to have one more sale coming up soon, so keep your eyes open for that in case you missed this one. We'll have a link in the show notes. Here's our Patreon fundraising campaign update. So we're still at 40 patrons, but we've dropped down to $264 a month. Again, I want to thank all of you that have pledged your support and your appreciation for the show at any level that you pledge. Again, I really do appreciate it. If you enjoy what we're doing here at Revision Path, if you enjoy the guests that we have on the show, or if you've gotten any value from listening, I know I hear a lot coming from Twitter and from Facebook about how much people enjoy the show, please consider becoming a patron. It really helps keep the show going on a regular basis, and you'll get access to great perks like early access to future episodes and free Revision Path goodies. Just head on over to patreon.com forward slash revision path and make that happen. Pledge levels are super affordable. They start at just $1 per month and it's a great and affordable way to support the show on a regular basis. Now let's get on to this week's interview. We're finishing up our series from Facebook headquarters and we're talking with product designer Jacqueline Lottier. Let's start the show. All right, so tell us who you are and what you do.
1: I am Jacqueline Lye, and I am a product designer at Facebook.
0: How did you first get started here at Facebook?
1: Well, Facebook was actually like not a place that I thought about working or was interested in working um, for, but I was contacted by a design manager called Tori Hargrove, who you know told me about a position and and was interested in talking to me. Um, I talked to him for about eight months before I kind of decided to, to come. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just kind of came and I had an interview and I was really taken by the the kind of warm vibe of the entire campus.
0: And then here you are. How, how soon from that interview did you get started?
1: Probably about three months
0: So I know that there are some things you're working on that you can't talk about. But in general, can you talk about the work you do as a product designer here?
1: Yeah, so I'm a product designer on the media team, specifically with news. And I would say, like, the biggest thing that we are working on right now is trying to get the right type of news to the right person at the right moment Mm -hmm. so really under trying to understand what people are interested in and how we can get more of that content in front of them and less of the content that they may not be interested in how do we like roll that away
0: what's a typical day like for you here
1: it's a lot of talking to people talking to different teams it's a lot of networking, Facebook is like an ecosystem. So it's, you might be working on one thing, and there might be five other teams that have tried something similar or have done something similar. So you really have to make sure that you're connected and plugged into like lots of other teams. So it's a lot of, oh, you might want to talk to this team, you might want to talk to that team. And really, there's a whole idea of the social graph is something that's really true within the company as well.
0: So with the work that you're you're doing here, I kinda wanna go on your design journey. So yeah. let's let's start we'll start way, way back. Tell me about where you grew up.
1: So I grew up in Ghana, which is in West Africa. Okay. Um I born and raised, was raised by I my sisters and I were raised by my grandmother. Um so yeah, I grew up in like this tiny little country in Western Africa, like right on the equator um and then my family moved to new york city when i was 10 years old um lived there went to boarding school um i didn't i've always drawn i've always been somebody that has painted and drawn and and really loved art um i wrote a lot but you know being t- uh, west african and children of very african parents there's like three professions that you can have in Mm -hmm. order to not be a disgrace to your (laughs) to your family so it was like i could be a doctor or i could be a lawyer or i could be an engineer Mm -hmm. and when i got to college i told my parents that i wanted to be an anthropologist Mm. like specifically for some (laughs) reason i was really interested in egypt and i was like i'm gonna move to cairo and be an egyptologist okay and they were like no how like how is that a profession right um so i you know i may i still kept on doing art i still like computer science was just starting Mm. um so i started learning how to use the design programs i would take like one-off classes but i majored in like international politics and economics because that's what i was supposed to do Mm -hmm. um but I still, I still really like didn't know if that was what I wanted to do. My heart and my passion was really in trying to do something that was more creative and that was more artistically expressive. So I took a design internship um, when I was like 18 years old just to kind of see what that whole world was about. Um, and I ended up loving it. And I didn't realize that you could actually make money Doing artistic work, um, so after I graduated, I still like took the LSAT, applied to law school, got wow. into law school. Wow! Yeah, and my sister was my sister was actually in law school <laughs> at the time, mm-hmm. and I was about to accept um, this law school um, admission and i had a conversation with my sister and she was just like if you decide to do law if you decide to go into a completely other profession like you can't be a designer you can't do both you have to choose so it was this moment in my life where i really was looking at my parents and and all of the all everything they had sacrificed for me like bringing me to this country putting me through boarding school putting me through college really wanting me to to be successful and have this like career trajectory Mm -hmm. and throwing it all away in their mind and deciding to become like a designer which like the iphone wasn't even a thing at the time so like nobody knew what product design was yeah
0: do they know what it is now
1: i think so I mean, my mom knows how to use Gmail and she like uses WhatsApp on a daily basis, but so they definitely do understand what product design is now, and they're incredibly proud of me. but it was a journey to yeah. get them to the point where they saw what I did not just as you know art mm-hmm. but as a real profession solving real problems.
0: yeah your mom's better than than mine is she's just started learning how to text recently. oh really. And so now I get all these crazy misspelled emoji texts. I'm like, she's learning. Right. I, I get it. She's learning. I'm so. trying to
1: get my mom to create her own bitmoji. I feel like that's.
0: That's advanced. <laughs> that's pretty advanced. Baby steps.
1: Baby steps. Yeah. One one thing in front of the other. They know what Facebook is. So that's, that's positive. Well, that's good. Yeah. That's good.
0: I mean, yeah. well, they're like you said, they're proud of you now. They understand yeah. kind they're, of where yeah. you've come from. They're
1: incredibly you. proud of me now. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, where'd you go to school? I went to Middlebury up in Vermont where Quidditch is a sport. Wow. The first college to have Quidditch as a, as a national NASCAR sport, by the way. Did you play? Ooh, I cannot answer that question. <laughs> 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 I'm not trying to put myself on blast right now. Okay, okay. I'm trying to keep all my, my cards close to my chest. All right, okay. What did you study there? Uh, international politics and
0: economics. Oh, that's what oh, yeah. right you were saying. That. Okay. But I
1: did a I did a double major because I'm that nerdy in uh, fine art. Okay. Yeah.
0: Uh, do you feel like the the fine arts part of what you learned at Middlebury kind of helped prepare you when you started to get out and become a designer or, or look at design careers?
1: Yeah, I think I think. Th- it, to me like in at my core i don't even i don't know if i really consider myself to be a designer as much as i consider myself to be an artist like i i'm a painter i i illustrate i was represented by art galleries um i've always seen even when i'm designing the first mentor i had was also was a was one of the best designers i've ever ever encountered but she was also an artist, first and foremost. So I learned during my mentorship and my first internship to see every design as, like, a canvas. So, like, when I open up Photoshop or Sketch, I just see it as a canvas. Mm -hmm. And I'm just kind of like, what am I going to paint? What story am I going to tell?
0: So to you, how do you see the difference between a designer and an artist?
1: I think that it's probably... When I was doing art, like when I was painting and showing, it was primarily like all the art that I was creating was for myself. And it was, I was really thinking about how I saw the world and what the story that I was going to tell to people about me and about myself and about my journey. Um, as a designer, I think it's, a, it's design is the most outward looking thing I've ever done. It's not what do I want to create? What story do I want to tell for myself? It's what do I, how do I help people tell their stories? Mm. And how do I help people understand the stories that, you know, my client or my company is trying to tell them? It's it's much more outward looking design and and art, I think, is much more inward looking. You're doing it for yourself.
0: Do you have sort of a personal philosophy, I guess, then? You know, since you've come from that background where you were studying fine arts, creating fine arts, do you bring any sort of philosophy to design that you've gleaned from that?
1: I think, um, pro- I think the, probably the biggest challenge that I've had in in my in changing my philosophy is that um, we always, right now, when we think of product design, a lot of it is about functional functionality and things being functional. And I, I kind of have a tension with that where I think it's there's a there's space for for products and product design to incorporate like functionality and beauty and really creating products that are both beautiful and fluid as well as just like functional and getting like from point A to point B. That's something that I always like try to insert in my in my in my work. Mm.
0: So I'm interested about this, about you growing up in Ghana. I've had, I want to say, maybe one or two people on the show who uh, either also are from Ghana or they're currently in Ghana.
2: Whoa.
0: Uh, In Ghana. Yeah, I think actually the guy that I interviewed from Ghana, his name is Jeffrey Maynou. I think he lives out here now. In the Bay Area? I think he does. I have to check. There uh, are
1: not. There are a lot of Nigerians here, but there are not many Ghanaians in, that I've met, I've seen or I, met. I want to the-
0: say he does. He um he's a s- startup guy. I remember his his episode is like episode. It's in the early 30s, like 31 mm-hmm. or something like that. Uh, but he talks about how he started a school and started yeah. a design agency there, and eventually he's moved. I, I want to say he's here. Is either here? on the bay Area, in the bay area or he's in connecticut i think he was just- <laughs> those are no, no, I, know, I know that those are, are far i think he was in connecticut and then moved to the bay
1: connecticut sounds much more accurate
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna double check i'm gonna double check um uh, but uh do you bring any sort of um i don't know like inspiration or sensibilities from growing up there into your work now
1: Ooh, I've never thought about that. That's like that's something that I've never thought about. I think that I I I'm sure that I do because being a Ghanaian is to me, it is my it's the, the number one way that I identify myself. Like I see myself as Ghanaian and I see myself as African before anything else. Um I I think that the most important if I were to say that something about my my upbringing my background comes across it's this idea of like resilience like I I like I just told you I've had to fight to prove that being a a designer is a valid profession and when you are when you come from the type of family that I come from which was one of the most loving families but also one of the most like a story of resilience Mm -hmm. um when you're in an environment like this which is very very like uh competitive and hardcore and intense you have to have this like essence of, of 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 resilience but also grounding and knowing who you are and knowing where you come from and i i think that's probably why like being Ghanaian is my number one identifier because I can always turn back and be like, This is who I am, mm-hmm. this is where I come from. I come from a place where people are resilient and I come from a a, a country and a history where we can like basically do
0: anything. No, I don't the, know
1: if that answers the question.
0: No, that, that totally answers the question. <laughs> I mean that's something that uh, I mean a lot certainly a lot of black people in America can't really Yeah give that same type of perspective. I mean we can say like I can say I'm from Alabama. Yeah, uh, you're from Alabama. Yeah, like okay. I can I say I, I I'm from Alabama, but yeah. you know, if I go out further than that, like my like I did the whole you know ancestry DNA yeah. thing, and it shows that um, we're originally from Togo.
1: That's right next door. It's right next door, yeah.
0: and and it's interesting because I wonder now as I think about ways that my mom is and and things that she instilled in me. And then I look at you know the Togolese and see how yeah. they are. I wonder if that's something that I just like ping- picked up instinctually, yeah. yeah, you know
1: I think prob I think probably so like but we had we just had this whole black leadership day where we came together as a community and a lot of like Facebook has a very diverse family, and a lot of us are ha- our completely different backgrounds from there are people from Alabama and North Carolina and Nigeria and and South Africa and it's you walk into this room and you see this like colorful like family where we're all black but we all have completely different experiences yet Mm -hmm. there are very strong commonalities between our our resilience and our worth at work ethic and our dedication and i look at some people and i'm like you are Ashanti. Like you are from <laughs> Ghana. You just don't know it. Like when I see people eating like the collard greens uh-huh. and the and the like yeah, I'm like you know we eat that. And the and the rice and peas. I'm like you know we eat that in Ghana, right? Like you did not you got that from us. Like we are there's this lineage that's there and as an African, it's really cool mm-hmm. to to be in a place where you see so many people that look like you, but have completely different backgrounds, you know, mm-hmm. and they got here through completely different paths.
0: Do you still kind of keep in touch with things that are going on in Ghana? Like, yeah, you do.
1: Yeah. My mom is actually in Ghana right now. Okay. Yeah. Nice. yeah. That's why she was like using WhatsApp. <laughs> trying to <laughs> Talk to us here. But yeah, Um we go back. My family, we go back every year. Um, half my family is still there. Mm-hmm. We have like a very active WhatsApp group. So there was like a, there. we had a rainy season like a few months ago and there was like a huge flood and that was like the first thing that I saw when I woke up because my aunts and uncles were just like posting in the group about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Have you thought about, I mean, with, with your talents and with your skills that you have, have you thought about taking it back to your country in some sort of way?
1: Yes. Yes. My So my husband works for the World Bank in West Africa, okay, um, so he spends a lot of time in like Senegal and and um, Cote d'Ivoire, some some time in Ghana, Togo, Cameroon, and we've we are we've talked him and and Facebook is also like. Opening up offices, investing very heavily in in Africa. And so Mm. it's, you know, we have an office in South Africa. Mark was just in Nigeria trying to like look at the startup culture and the entrepreneurship there. I would love to have more of a presence on the continent and really show what I know the like potential of Africa is. I think there is so much potential in in that entire in that entire continent would love to go back i would go back in a heartbeat
0: absolutely i I think of some of the most uh like touching and informative interviews that i've had on the show Mm -hmm. and they've usually been from people that are in different countries in africa they're in in south africa or they're in guinea um I, i still remember this one interview with this kid he's like 21 he lives in nairobi yeah and i mean extremely brilliant like he's exhibited at art galleries throughout yeah. the city created his own font and like he's completely self-taught created his
2: own font yeah
0: it's called what's the name of the font uh charve i think it is it's episode 24 kevin yeah. karanja um super talented kid he's like 2021 20, yeah um and i'm just like i wonder what he could do if he had the resources that we have here
1: yeah what I what I think is crazy is like you look at you look at the African American like history in 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 this country and you look at the like African history and you look at Af- black people across the entire diaspora and you look at like all of the hardships that we have faced historically mm-hmm. from slavery to colonialism to to like institutional like racism and what's going on right now with Black Lives Matter. And you look at all of the hardships that we have faced and the the what we have been able to do despite all of that. And you think about what we could do as a whole community, all people, mm-hmm. if we could raise each other up, what we as a human race could be like capable of. And what Africa as a continent, and and what certain groups could be capable of, if we are if we're capable of that now, with all of this like this hardships that we've gone through, what are what
0: what else are we capable of? You right. know. Yeah, I I really think not that, to
1: get too like political, but no 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 no, no, I, I no, no feel, that's fine. I feel very strongly
0: about that. No, that's fine, and I totally agree with you. I mean, <laughs> mm-hmm. the. At least I think what I'm doing with Revision Path is kind of helping a little bit with that and just Mm -hmm. at least showing people that these are possibility models that you can follow. These are people that are in the industry that look like you or maybe that don't look like you, but they're doing this kind of work and you need to know about the work that they're doing. So, yeah, I totally agree with that. Do you feel like you're satisfied creatively between your fine arts work and the work that you're doing here at Facebook?
1: I think so. I think, um, with my fine art stuff, it's so, it's, it's very much about self expression and it's about me processing how I feel in my personal life, how I feel in society, how society views me. Mm-hmm. Um, at Facebook, I think there are so many, there are so many really meaty problems that we are trying to solve as a company and the scale at which we're trying to do it connecting the whole world and being as africa's it's a part africa and south america i would say are two places that i'm really passionate about and seeing the work that we are doing there Mm -hmm. to really understand how these different like how what does technology look like in these places how do these people connect with each other how do these people connect with the world how does the world connect with these remote parts of of the globe it's i it's so it's very challenging and it's something that definitely like you, there is no end
0: now you're based out of new york city yes how do you see the design community there like what's it like for you
1: the facebook design community there oh uh, or the design community in general just in general yeah the des- I, I think the design community in New York is incredibly rich and incredibly diverse. Um in New York I'm I find myself completely stimulated by designers that are not just in tech, mm-hmm. but are doing fashion and they're doing they're doing architecture and they're doing art and they're doing they're working on cars, they're working in print, they're working in magazines. The art community, like the, the design community, I, I would say, in New York is really an art community. And you have access, I think, in New York to to people and to museums and exhibits. Um, I think we're really fortunate to have that. Um, I think it's still, in terms of tech, I think it's starting to thrive. I think it's still growing um, the communities there are smaller, which I think helps it become more close knit. When you start to have like a really, a really powerful industry concentrated in a really, really small space, you have a lot of room for innovation, but you, you, you kind of lose this, like, there's only a few of us mm-hmm. and we need to stick together and we really need to push on each other. Um, the larger that community becomes, the smaller those spaces are and the more you're kind of like wait where do i fit in where where how do i how do i navigate this Mm -hmm. um so we have the advantage in new york of at least in tech of having a smaller group at least at this at this point if that makes sense
0: no that makes sense that (laughs) makes sense i was also going to ask probably controversial but (laughs) no no no. i mean i think as a follow-up to that i would say what do you want to see more of out of the design community in general
1: if I'm going to be very, very real, I would really love to see the design community as a whole really try to focus on targeting and, and connecting some groups that are not as represented in, in, in media and in tech.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, when I When I use Instagram or when I use Twitter, when i use facebook i mainly instagram and twitter i see like afropunk like their page like blitivity their page there's so many of these smaller um, groups that are trying to connect with their own communities mm-hmm. and they're trying to amplify their own voices using social media in any way that they can to create this like online digital community uh, I would love to see the larger design community in Silicon Valley and New York really look at these groups and say, what they're doing now, we can help amplify their voice even further. How do we reach these very, very specific demographics? I, that's something that I, I think it's a, there's a huge opportunity. Why
0: do you think that's not happening now? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> You you said you were getting real. I just so. like w-
1: walked right into that. <laughs> oh Lord, have mercy. Um, I think it's probably not happening because of this, this question that you asked me previously about diversity. When you have when you have a company and you have uh, an environment. Where or you're in a room, and everybody in that room has the same experience as you. Everybody in that room is thinking the same way that you're thinking and has a similar background. If you have one person in that room, that's like, no, that is not my experience. That's not what I've gone through. This is not where I'm coming from. Like, I'm not coming from the same place that you're coming from. Everybody suddenly turns to that one person is like then they're like tell us about your experience mm-hmm. help us connect and so that we can connect with people that are like you. We need more people in that in those types of rooms. Mm-hmm. And right now those rooms are not diverse enough. And I think it's a lot of it is oversight. Like we are not reaching out to these like demographics because we just don't have enough people that are speaking up and saying we should be connecting these people as well.
0: Yeah, that's, that is so true. I can tell you like in the early, early early-ish days of when I did Revision Path, it was that Mm -hmm. same way. I think it was right after, it was right after I got my first sponsor and I was like, I'm going to reach out to the rest of the design community (laughs) and let them know about this show and this design podcast. And I would reach out to other design podcasts and I would, Recommend myself as a yeah. guest. I would recommend guests that I've had, and I mean, completely shut out. Yeah, like didn't even want to respond to an email, or well. if they did respond, it was you know, oh, well, we're we're good. We've already got everyone for the year. I'm like, it's it's February. <laughs> there's there's no way you've booked everyone for the yeah. whole year. Like that's that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, so I, I know what you mean. There does need to be more of that. that I, I of think outreach. I think
1: it's slowly changing, but I think we need to, we need to keep pushing. We need to keep looking at rooms. Like when I, when I was at um, the Black Leadership Day, it was an amazing event. And there were, I looked around and I saw how diverse the the Facebook community was, but we, we were all in one room. And this was the first time that the event had happened. We're all in this one room. And I was like, look how much more powerful I feel. I feel so much more powerful seeing so many people in this room that look like me, and I feel like I can accomplish so much more because these my voice feels like it's going to be amplified, mm-hmm. um, and we all have a common we all have a common goal, which is the larger like Facebook goal. But we also have an experience that is unique that is shared. Was you that know? the
0: first time that Facebook did that event? Yes. Wow. That's dope. I, I remember. It was amazing. Yeah, I bet it was. Yeah. I remember in 2015, I went to, uh, there was a Black in Design conference at Harvard. Mm-hmm. And it was it was the, the Harvard Graduate School, the Black Student Union inside the Harvard Graduate School. were like, we're going to put together this two-day conference. And it was mostly urban planners and architects, although they mm-hmm. just called it like Black in Design. Mm-hmm. And so I think that might have initially deterred a lot of people from wanting to get involved because they're like, oh well, I'm, I'm a product designer. Why yeah. would I go to that or something like that? Yeah. Um, I decided to go because I've never seen that type of conference before. Yeah. The most expensive ticket was 50 bucks. What? Yeah. And so I said, well, I can, I can do that. I can swing that. And so I yeah. flew up to Boston for that. And I mean, it's so rare that you go to a design event that affirms you as both a designer yeah. and as a black person. Yeah. Because while they didn't have, you know hands-on type of you know technical products you know shows or anything like that Mm -hmm. you got to see how other people use design in their communities yes and so they they did this sort of model where they started from i think they said like design at the block at the city at the region and at the country or something like they Mm -hmm. they took it out and so you got to see how a guy designs these dinners Mm -hmm to introduce like good eating habits into his community. What? Or you got to see how this woman designed this huge like Changes um, your
1: your way of thinking about yeah, like she, design in quotation Yeah, this maybe. one designer
0: she designed this huge um sort of like a public art installation but it also touched on kind of the Brazilian slave trade and everything like that and it it does it it takes your mind out of you're like what am I what am I using my design stuff for? Yes. I yeah. could be taking what I do to a whole other yeah. level yeah and it just get it just like left you with that food for thought they mm-hmm. had they had soul yoga in the morning what? they had, what they is, had that? Like,
1: is that when you do yoga and you like eat chicken
0: no they, had, they were doing <laughs> yoga to like um god what was it was yoga but then like she was incorporating like marvin gay lyrics into it and everything and
1: interesting is that interesting. still a thing
0: it probably is huh and then they had like a catered lunch by Brian Terry who is like this well-known soul food uh mm. chef. They're going to have it again in 2017. Yeah. I'm like I'm going to be there.
1: What's crazy is that I as I as I like experience this industry more and more these things are happening which is really really exciting. Like we are in here and we are creating these events and we are conne- we are connecting each other and we we are creating this larger network and, mm-hmm. I, and I think we're just gonna keep seeing this type of thing grow and our numbers are gonna grow
0: absolutely know? what advice would you give to somebody that wants to follow in your footsteps and be a product designer don't be an engineer and don't
1: be a lawyer <laughs> design is a real job um I would say that the number one thing is don't be afraid. Um, the, the Being a product designer is really what you make of it. It's really about, at the end of the day, it's really about solving problems. Mm-hmm. So all of the other things will come. If you don't know everything from day one and you look at somebody and it seems like they have it all figured out, they probably don't. Um, don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to be honest about what you don't know. Don't be afraid to reach out to people that you see on public figures or social media or Twitter. If you see designers out there that you admire, that you like, that you're inspired by, reach out to them. Um, like I said, it's it's for me. I what I'm really learning now especially working at Facebook is that it's all about your social network and it's all about the connections that you make Mm -hmm. and you have to make those connections and you have to put yourself out there not just in terms of like talking to people but really being honest about what inspires you what motivates you and not being afraid to go after that thing
0: how are you putting yourself out there
1: I'm doing this interview right now (laughs) (laughs) I am not somebody who is comfortable talking in a mic or talking on a stage. So this is not something that is like my forte. Okay. Yeah. Is that but something
0: I, that you want to do in the future? Like in terms of in terms of putting yourself out there? Um, are there other ways that you've thought about doing that that might not be those things? Podcasting or speaking or anything? I
1: thought about writing. Um, I I think that. You know, being at Facebook, it, it's, very, it's very different than what people would think. Facebook is an incredibly supportive, like I feel like I have a very, very strong support system. And I think that in talking to a lot of my friends who are product designers or are creative people who may not necessarily know what it's like in a place like this, there are assumptions that you make based on whatever Mm -hmm. i want people to understand that this is a place for us like every place is a place for us you have to be brave and you have to make your own decision and you have to not be afraid um so i've thought about writing and i've thought about that because i want people to understand that again every place is for us and if you put yourself out there like i'm hoping to do Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> um, soon um, you might you might influence somebody you might change somebody's mind you might prevent somebody who was going to go to law school like my sister when she was in law school she was the one that really like her words touched me and made me choose between law and, and design mm-hmm. and for someone that, like her to be that powerful in my life um, I want to make sure that people know that all the options that are that are in front of them
0: I definitely think writing is great. Uh, Mm -hmm. I I spoke with uh, Sella Lewis, Mm -hmm. who uh, her interview came out on Halloween. Uh, (laughs) And she also writes, she has a a website, it's called Inherent Design Cella Lewis. And she writes about design topics and things of that nature. Because when I spoke with her, she said the reason that she does it is that there's just not that many black design voices out there. Yeah. Let alone black design voices from women
2: yeah and she's like I want to
0: be able to put at least my stake on how I feel about certain things because I she's like I have I have feelings about things and I want to express them and this is the easiest way for me to do it is to just put it out there in words and those design voices need to be out there because they're mostly not I mean there are a few but it's just not as uh, widespread like if if someone asked you to name five black design writers lord
1: jesus exactly it's like i Um, i don't know yeah i actually can't think of any but can you think of one who
0: you (laughs) well i guess me yeah you me well oh that's i don't know that's cheating because i employ people that do that there was that guy there was that guy from twitter no uh leslie miley something I don't know Did if he's writing. He, he wrote on there was like Medium. I read
1: him on Medium. There was a wasn't there on Medium some
0: from Twitter. Oh, um, right? I think you're talking about Mark Lucky. Maybe, Maybe that's him, but he's not a designer though. Oh
1: yeah, no, he's he was in engineering. No,
0: uh, he? no, he was in like marketing. Oh, okay. The engineering guy was Leslie Miley. Yes, Leslie. Miley. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think like design voices. I would think Gail Anderson. Mm-hmm. Uh, but see, I'm thinking that are like writing a lot or writing at least regularly like she writes books mm-hmm. and like she just had a book that came out this year called Outside of the Box.
1: Yeah, that's true. There aren't there are not. Many, and so there and
0: it's like you have to you got to start somewhere even if it's yeah. on a blog and then yeah. you kind of build it um build it up so. Yeah, yeah it's food for uh, thought. It's definitely food for thought. And hopefully for people that are listening that's is inspiring them if they're thinking of a way to get into it. Like mm-hmm. I always tell designers that say well, they want to find a way to kind of be more marketable and yeah. things like that i tell them like keep a blog of some sort like write about your design process write about how you feel about a certain design because i think we all know when something is badly designed
1: yeah everyone writes articles and does youtube
0: everything right but it. it's when like- spotify
1: changed they're green everyone was like let me tell you how i feel about that
0: right right but like be able to at least say that and articulate that in a way where someone can see okay this person has a distinct design voice they have a a distinct way of looking at the design community or design things which can be hard to tell because i look at honestly i look at a lot of the sites that black designers have and they're just portfolios it's just but it's also a picture hard, picture gallery
1: right but maurice it's also hard when you i feel like i agree with you but at the same time it's a lot of pressure because you're in the space you're trying to navigate you're trying to understand what your role is mm-hmm. being black in a new space you are trying to just like make a dollar out of 15 cents and just like chill yeah and then somebody throws this on top of you and they're like oh also right also like just keep a blog and you're like okay <laughs> like let me just no I understand.
0: I understand give me
1: give me six months give me a year like yeah and, and I and I feel you and I understand that but mm-hmm. I also think that it's important to 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 recognize that there is already a lot of pressure on us mm-hmm. as, as as a whole to to make it here and, this is true, and, and and I think that it is incredibly important for us to have an external voice and to and to talk about that and to write about that. Um, I just think you have to balance that with like I we don't want to burn out.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it's it's you know? it's important even to acknowledge that the pressure exists. Yeah, because I don't think that's something that the general design community may know mm-hmm. that. There there was a piece that we did on our site earlier this year called double consciousness in design. Yes,
1: everything we do, we do it for the community whether yeah. you know you're doing it or not and there is a a need to be an example and to not only be an example but to bring people in and to pull people in and 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 like internally like within you. Yeah. Um so it's just you—you you don't have the same mentality that other people would have when they're writing a medium, you know, writing mm-hmm. a medium article or writing a book, or, or like or, designing
0: a shot on dribble yeah. or something. It's, exactly. Yeah. It, it feels like there's more. It's more weight. There's definitely more weight. Mm-hmm. Um, that is so true. I, I it's funny because I think about I'd say maybe the first year when I was doing Revision Path, I wanted to do these uh, Kwanzaa graphics interesting like a little like just a little you know 600 by 600 something for every day of kwanzaa but the days would relate to certain themes that were prevalent throughout the year mm-hmm. and so i'm trying to remember what they were for last year i want to say Kumba, which is creativity was uh modeled after the whiz live mm-hmm. and um i think nia was modeled after maya um angelou Angela. Uh, Imani was modeled after Kendrick Lamar's All Right video. Yes. <laughs> and so like, I, I I felt like I wanted to do something that, you know, because for me, I mean, it's probably, uh, for people that are listening probably think like, oh, it's weird you celebrate Kwanzaa. But I mean, I celebrate it in the way that I look at it as a period of self-reflection at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And each of those principles lets you kind of look back throughout through the year and see, well, what did I do that match those themes? Like I'm not, Putting on a dashiki and lighting the canara or anything like that, but <laughs> oh,
1: is that what they do in Kwanzaa? Yeah. Okay.
0: But like, I'm I'm looking at the principles and seeing, okay, how did they apply to my year, mm-hmm. and what can I take out of what this message is or something like that. Right. So, um, I don't think any other designer, and when I say other designer, I mean maybe a non-black designer is gonna, they might look at Kwanzaa and think it's just fake Christmas. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's, it's true. Uh, more weight um, definitely yeah, more, more weight, weight. <laughs> what would you say is the hardest part about what you do
1: the hardest part about what i do ooh, there's not enough time there's there's the the i feel like i always want to get like to six months ahead um And I just have to keep remembering that like everything that we do as designers, as product designers in the tech industry, it's all about iteration. Mm -hmm. You have to learn before you can keep going. Yeah. And sometimes like you just want to get to the end and you're just kind of like, no, let's take two steps and then reevaluate and then take one more step. And then maybe we have to take three steps back. So I think the, just having patience, um, I think is probably the hardest, especially when you're when you're designing at such a large scale. Mm-hmm. One problem is not the same as like one problem and you're designing for a much smaller company. You're just like, Oh my God. Yeah.
0: <laughs> what are you excited about at the moment?
1: This might sound really like cliche, but I'm really excited about my community here like I'm really really excited about my community here. Like No, that's the, good. The the leadership day that we had and just being so plugged in and so connected to so many people that are that share the same background as I do and, and can understand where I'm coming from and 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 seeing that family coming from like South Africa and London and Dublin and like Austin and and DC and like everyone flying in and really feeling like I have roots here makes me excited about like everything else and the potential, the future potential and seeing that family grow.
0: Where do you see yourself in the next five years? Like what kind of work would you like to be doing?
1: I really, really like what I'm doing now in terms of media. Um, I think that there is so much... Put again potential for the future of media like what we're what we're seeing with like virtual reality and this mixture of like the real world and and the virtual world and giving people more voice and giving people more agency like we've seen with come up, some of the live videos and some of the things that have come out from the live videos um just continuing to to pull back um, and, and allowing people and people's voices to come to the forefront. Um, I'm really, really excited about that and I think media is like the, the right place.
0: Well Jacqueline, just to kind of wrap things up, where can our audience find out more about you and about your work online?
1: I do not know because I don't I do, don't really like promote myself um, <laughs> Facebook. <laughs> Okay, so I just search
0: for you on Facebook?
1: Yeah, Facebook or just my website, which I don't update, sorry.
0: What's your website address?
1: Um, Jackie Lye, uh, com. I should probably start a blog.
0: You could start a blog.
1: I Yeah, I should. I should.
0: Get that, flex that design writing muscle. Yeah,
1: I know, you're right. Maybe I'll write some Medium posts.
0: There you go. Yeah. Well, Jacqueline, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the show Thank you for sharing uh, your journey. I mean, I really think it's. Uh, we had a lot of. I mean, there's just a lot of stuff that you mentioned earlier about growing up in Ghana and how you transitioned in terms of that journey to here. That is, I find it personally inspiring. I hope people that are listening oh, find that uh, inspiring as well. I mean, because you know that that whole uh, notion of having that strong work ethic. And, yeah. And, and and you know, I one of the questions I also sometimes ask people is, what do what are the best things that they owe their parents? And yeah. based on what you've said thus far, yeah. certainly what you owe your parents is, is opportunity to be yeah. here. Yeah, and-
1: I would not be even even the them wanting to me to be a, a doctor or a lawyer. It's because they expected the best out of me. Right. But at the end of the day, they allowed me to choose what I wanted to excel in the most, and it wasn't what they wanted, it was what I wanted. And they still supported me. Mm -hmm. And the most important thing that they taught me was whatever you do, do it to the best of your ability and be the best at that thing. Um, I I owe everything to them. I really do.
0: Well, I I certainly think that you have a super strong point of view. Mm -hmm. I really hope to hear more from you in the future. And again, thank you for coming on the show.
1: Thank you. Thoughts of love are in your mind.
0: And that's it for this week. Big thanks to Jacqueline Lawyer and thanks to you for listening. You can find out more about Jacqueline and her work through the links in the show notes at revisionpath.com. Thanks as always to our sponsors, Facebook Design, MailChimp, and Hover. Facebook invests in design. They care deeply about how their design team might do their best work, and that manifests itself in a number of different ways, such as building tools like origami, sharing what they've learned on Medium, and by giving back to the design community. Learn more about Facebook design at facebook.com forward slash design. More than 10 million businesses around the world use MailChimp to send email newsletters. Their attitude may be playful, but their business is serious. Sign up for a free account today, MailChimp. Send better email. Hover takes all the hassle and confusion out of buying and managing your domains. Search for a few keywords and Hover will show you the best available options across all the 400 plus domain extensions out there. Ready to get started? Save 10% off your first purchase by using the promo code REVISIONPATH at checkout. This episode was edited by RJ Basilio and produced by me, Maurice Cherry. Our intro voiceover is by Music Man Dre with intro and outro music by Yellow Speaker. If you like this episode, please do me a huge favor. Leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. It only takes a minute or two. It really helps the show get out there so more people can see it because it pushes us up in the iTunes rankings for design podcasts. And I'll even read your review right here on the show. Provision Path is brought to you by Lunch, a multidisciplinary creative studio in Atlanta, Georgia. If you like the work we're doing with the podcast and with the website, then visit us over at Patreon and become a patron. Just go to patreon.com forward slash revision path and pledge your support. Pledge level start at just $1 a month and you'll get access to behind the scenes information about the show, upcoming interviews, and so much more. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next time.